The following podcast was recorded on Wednesday, August 24th, 2022, featuring Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. To hear the podcast in real time, you can sign up for a free trial at biancoresearch.com or arborresearch.com or by emailing Gus Handler directly at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. You can also call Arbor Research and Trading at 1-800-606-1872. Thanks for your time and enjoy the podcast. Welcome everyone to the latest edition of Talking Data. I'm your host, Kristen Radish with Arbor Research and Trading, joined today by our commentator, Jim Bianco of Bianco Research. Welcome, Jim. Thanks for having me. Today, Jim will give us a preview on the Federal Reserve's Jackson Hole Economic Symposium. Jim, a large number of market participants still believe inflation is transitory and it'll settle back around 2%. Will inflation's projections prove correct? What are your thoughts? Well, you're only as good as your weakest assumption. So if we look at this first chart, what it shows is the black line on the chart is the actual inflation rate. And all those colored lines coming off the chart starting in January of 18 is economist projections. So Bloomberg surveys about 70 economists a month. Then they ask, what do you think the inflation rate will be for the next six quarters? And that's the median for every one of those quarters. And what the chart shows is wherever the inflation rate is, they think in six or so quarters, a year and a half, it'll be right back at 2%. So if it's 2020 and it's down around zero, it'll go back to 2%. If it's you know mid 2022 and it's at eight or 9%, it'll go back to 2%. What that suggests is overwhelmingly people think that inflation is transitory. It's a one-time bulge in the inflation rate. And then once this peaks, it will go back to 2%. And that's the end of the inflation story. Now, if we go to the next chart, it's not just economists on Wall Street, the Bank of England. This is the Bank of England's forecast. They actually offer a forecast out two years, similar to what uh, the Wall Street forecast is. The black line on this chart, again, is actual inflation and all the colored lines are their forecasts. And what do you notice about the end of 2024? Whatever the current forecast is, they've got the same number for the end of 2024. We're back at 2%. And the inflation rate is a one-time bulge and it goes away. And finally, last week, the Bank of Canada updated their inflation forecast. And it's the same thing. The one-time inflation bulge, wherever inflation is, that's at its peak. And it's headed back to 2% and on its way down. So this is the overwhelming assumption that we're all working on on Wall Street. Now, I would argue to you two or three weeks ago, people would have said, yes, this is the way the world works. We're going, it's a one-time bulge, it's going back to 2% and we're done. And when the Federal Reserve came out and their July 27th meeting and said, we're no longer gonna use forward guidance, we're data dependent. What that means in English is, we've no longer decided ahead of time what we're gonna do with the funds rate. And then we'll just tell you a couple of weeks before we do it, what it is we're gonna do. We're gonna wait and see what the data says. Then the Fed comes out and says, and we think the data is going to tell us we got to keep raising rates and keep rates high. But Wall Street and a lot of other people believe these forecasts. No, Jay, you're going to see that in the next couple of months, the data will show we're on our way back to 2% and you could stop raising rates by, say, the end of the year. That's now becoming challenged a little bit more. The price of crude oil is bottomed. It's For the last two months, it hasn't gone anywhere. It looks like the price of gasoline is bottoming. We're now understanding that there's going to be huge inflation increases out of Europe because of energy. 
that's going to slow down European manufacturing. Because remember, more important than labor costs is energy input in a manufacturing process. And if energy prices, especially for electrical generation through natural gas is spiking, then to use an, use an example, BMW and Mercedes are gonna have a very difficult time making cars profitably. And they might wind up having to cut back on auto production. That means less supply, that means higher prices. So all of a sudden this, yes, it's a one-time bulge and we're gonna go back to 2%, is now getting questioned more and more. Uh, and so therefore, I think you've started to see the noise in the data. So what I expect is Jay will tell us that he's not done raising rates, He's very worried about inflation. There might be a little bit more receptive audience to this. I'm very worried about inflation. Like I said, a month ago or three weeks ago, we've been, nah, don't worry, Jay, it's going away. And I will be listening closely for his explanations as to why he thinks inflation may not go away. Now, those usually fall into three camps. The, the lack of cheap energy, even though oil prices are down a lot, they're still $100 a barrel on Brent crude oil. That is a very elevated level. We're still well over, <clears throat> you know, we're still well near $5 on diesel, which is goes in the transport costs, and near $4 on gasoline. And that's after a big slump. That historically is a very, very high number um, as well. So cheap energy is not something that we're really looking at right now. Cheap labor through immigration, that, that seems to be changing around the world right now as far as immigration goes and maybe cheap products from China. That was the other thing that's held the inflation rate down. With all the reshoring and the tensions, political tensions between the West and China, you could start questioning whether or not we're gonna to continue to get that flood of cheap products. I mean, I'm not saying you won't, but you can question it, which is why I think if Jay says, look, we're gonna keep raising rates, okay, but then he starts laying out the reasons why, we'll see whether or not that gets a receptive audience. And Jim, what is the outlook for September? So if we go to the next chart, <clears throat> uh, it shows the probability of a 75 basis point hike in September. And what uh, the takeaway on this chart is, over the last month or so, it has vacillated above and below 50%. And right now we're you know around 55, 56%, or actually a little bit higher than that, around 59%. Last night we closed at 53, this is a daily plot. Um, so if you go to the next table, you could see on the first line of the next table, it shows the, the probability that the Fed will raise rates to three to three and a quarter, that's 75 basis point hike, that's 59%. Call it 50-50, because we vacillate back and forth on it. The market is unsure about 50 or 75 basis points. And I think that what Jay's speech should do is clarify for people whether or not we're gonna get 50 or 75, subject to the payroll report, which comes the following week, and two weeks later, the uh, CPI report for August, and whether or not that changes the equation. But I think he's gonna have to give us some kind of indication as to whether or not he's gonna go 50 or 75. My guess, and this is just a guess, ultimately remember, I think what the market thinks. I think there's a 59% chance they're gonna go 75. And I think Jay will take that opportunity to open the door for 75. As long as the market's there and he says maybe 75 or hints at 75 might be the right number, he's not surprising or upsetting anybody because the market's already there. And when does the hiking cycle stop? 
So if you look at the rest of this chart, it shows that after September, this is market expectations, 87% chance that the Fed raises 25 in November, a 50% chance that the Fed raises 80%, 80% chance, excuse me, that the Fed raises another 25 to 350, 375 at the end of the year, and then maybe one more rate hike after that to around four to four and a quarter. That that's it. So if you look at the next chart, another way to, to express that is these forward lines. This is the Fed Fund futures curve out to the end of 2024, showing you what is priced in. The blue line is June 14th, the day before the first 75 basis point hike, but that's the highest it's been through the cycle. It's high as 4% by May of 23 on the funds rate. The orange line is um, July 28th, the day after the second 75 basis point hike. That's the lowest it's been since the high. And that was three and a quarter by January. The red line is yesterday, and that's about three and three quarters-ish or so. That's where the market is. And note on all three of those, the downward slope in the 23. The market is thinking, biasing itself towards maybe the Fed cuts rates next year. That's where the market is. I suspect that if Jay gives the speech that I envision he gives, look, we're not done. Inflation's a little bit more persistent than transitory. Yes, nine might not be my nine percent might be the high, but it isn't going back to two. <clears throat> if it's going back to four or three and a half or four and a half, we got a lot more rate hikes to do. And if it doesn't go down to two, there's going to be no rate cuts for a number of years. And then the final thing I think he might say is if you ask me, and this is the biggest debating point on Wall Street, high inflation, weak economy. Half the crowd says, well, of course, the Fed will cut rates because the economy is weak and there might be a recession. And half the crowd would say, no, they're going to raise rates because we have an inflationary problem. I mean, they're going to raise rates because there's an inflationary problem. I suspect Jay will probably give us an indication as to which way he's going to go on that. And I suspect it would be raise rates because of inflation problem. If the economy slumps, if unemployment starts to creep up or the like, man, that's just the cost of trying to get inflation down. Finally, the last thing I'll mention about his speech, and I say this with humility, I'm not trying to poke fun at him, but if you go back and you look at last year's speech, he said inflation was transitory. He said that the appropriate funds rate would be zero for the next year. He said you would not see an increase in wages at all and that they had to worry about getting the unemployment rate down. In other words, everything he said last year did not come to pass or everything he said last year was wrong. Um, look, what he said was a consensus thinking. A lot of people thought that, they all agreed with him, and it turned out to not be the case. So when we look at forward rate charts like this, when we look at projections, like the first chart showed of what economists think, these are guesses into the future. Let's not confuse that with, oh, well, the economists all think that this is what the inflation rate will do for the next two years, or the market's pricing in that red line. This is the path of the funds rate for the next two or two and a half years. So therefore, it must be what's going to happen. No, it could be something completely different. And look no further than last year's speech, that nearly every assumption and every outlook that Jay offered for where he thought policy was going to go was frankly wrong. And again, Predicting the future is a hard thing, and he wasn't alone in doing this, but let's not assume that what he says on Friday becomes, you know, 
you know, the ironclad law of what will happen. It's his opinion now, and maybe people share it or maybe they don't share it. And we'll check back in 30, 60, 90, and 120 days to see if that opinion still holds. Thank you, Jim, for your thoughts today, and thank you, everyone, for joining us. If you have any questions on Arbor Research, Bianco Research, or Arbor Data Science, please contact Gus Handler at gus.handler at arborresearch.com. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day.